Have you ever prayed so hard that God gave you what you wanted, only to later discover it was a bad idea? Welcome to The Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 81 of Tractic Subus, and we learn that sometimes we pray and think that God didn't hear us, but maybe He did, and He knows when we're praying for the wrong things. We must trust Him that He knows when to answer our prayers and when to nudge us in a different direction. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I like to begin with the story. King Balak of Moab is terrified of the impending arrival of the children of Israel into his territory. Realizing the past military approaches have been unsuccessful, he turns to the sorcerer Bilam and asks him to curse the Israelites. After all, the only way to overpower a nation fueled by spirituality is to seek a spiritual power in response. The king sends a delegation to Bilam requesting his services, saying there's a people that came out of Egypt that hides the earth from view at and it is settled next to me. Come then put a curse upon this people for me since they are too numerous for me. Perhaps I can thus defeat them and drive them out of the land for I know that he whom you bless is blessed indeed and he whom you curse is cursed. The elders of Moab and Midian deliver Balak's message to Bilam, who replies, Spend the night here and I shall reply to you, as God shall instruct me. God appears to Bilam and says, What do these people want of you? Bilam replies, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, sent me this message. Here is a people that came out from Egypt and hides the earth from view. Come now and curse them for me. Perhaps I can engage them in battle and drive them off. But God says to Bilam, Do not go with them. You must not curse that people, for they are blessed. Bilam arises in the morning and says to Balak's dignitaries, Go back to your own country, for God will not let me go with you. The Moabite dignitaries leave and return to Balak and tell him, Bilam refused to come with us. So Balak sends other dignitaries, more numerous and distinguished than the first. They come to Bilam and say to him, Thus says Balak, son of Zippor, Please do not refuse to come to me. I will reward you richly and I will do anything you ask of me. Only come and curse this people for me. Bilam replies to Balak's officials, Even if Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not do anything big or small contrary to the command of God. Nevertheless, stay here overnight and let me find out what else God might say to me. That night God came to Bilam and said to me, If these men have come to invite you, you may go with them, but whatever I command you, that shall you do. Let's look at today's Gemara. If the husbands of women suspected of being unfaithful died before their wives drank from the soda waters, Beishamai say they receive the ketubah entitlement and do not drink, and Beishilal say either they drink or they do not take the ketubah entitlement. Either they drink, but the Torah says, then the man shall bring his wife to the Kohen, and the husband is no longer present. Rather, just as they cannot drink, likewise they do not receive the ketubah entitlement. Let's analyze the Gemara. Concerning the Sota, the Torah declares, if a man's wife goes astray and acts unfaithfully toward him, he shall bring his wife to the Kohen, and the Kohen shall have in his hand the water of bitterness. It's important to emphasize that the bitter waters are only administered when a husband cautions his wife not to seclude herself with another individual, and she defies the warning. If witnesses later testify that they saw her secluded with that fellow about whom she'd been warned, she drinks the bitter waters to ascertain whether or not she acted unfaithfully. In the case of this Mishnah, the husband accused his wife of defying his warning, but before he could bring her to the Kohen, he died. Imagine the stroke of luck this woman feels that she's just experienced. Whether or not she was unfaithful, she certainly crossed the line by secluding herself with another man that her husband explicitly had told her to stay away from. 
Clearly their marriage was far from perfect, and so when she gets caught, undoubtedly she's praying for a way out of the public shaming that's about to take place. Lo and behold, before she's had a chance to stand trial publicly, her husband dies. Her first reaction is an overwhelming sense of relief. But then she's overcome by guilt. Maybe I killed him, she says to herself. Maybe I prayed so hard for the problem to disappear and for something awful to happen to my overly suspicious and anxious husband that I am now responsible for this tragic situation. The good news is that while you might be able to pray for someone else's good fortune, your thoughts and declaration can't really bring misfortune upon someone if they don't deserve to be harmed. Let's contrast that axiom with personal prayers about one's own life. When it comes to your own situation, you certainly need to be careful what you pray for because praying for bad things to happen could cause those things to transpire. But seriously, why would anyone pray for bad things to happen to them? Unfortunately, it occurs all the time. Here's how it works. Sometimes you pray for something and God answers your prayers. Other times you pray and God appears unresponsive. So you pray harder and still no response. You then go into overdrive, praying for something that the Almighty knows is a bad idea. Our sages tell us something counterintuitive. If you pray hard enough for something, sometimes God will say, fine, if you insist, I'll grant you your prayer and let you learn the hard way why it's a bad idea. That's what happened to Bilam when he repeatedly beseeched God for permission to go with King Balak's men. God told him not to go, but when he refused to take no for an answer, God acquiesced to his request, knowing that his plans wouldn't come to pass anyway. All he would get would be aggravation from the king for failing to fulfill what he'd been hired to do. We only see things in life through our mortal eyes in the here and now. God sees all possible outcomes in the big picture. Sure, he wants you to pray for your needs and wants, but if you don't get what you're asking for, don't stop believing in him. He doesn't want you to get hurt. He knows what's best for you. Sometimes you just have to accept his decision even if you don't understand it. When you start arguing with him and think that you know what's best, he might just allow you to learn from your own mistakes. Don't go there. Instead, allow him to decide who you should marry and who you shouldn't, who you should work for and who you shouldn't, in which house you should live and which house is a bad construction idea. Sometimes we want something so badly that we pray for it to work out. But that's not the right prayer. The ideal prayer is that if it's the right path, then may it work out. And if it's the wrong path, may it fail as quickly as possible so that the right doors can open for you. My blessing to a young couple who has begun dating is always, well, if it's meant to be, may you both know as quickly as possible. And if it's not meant to be, may you also both know as quickly as possible. Be careful about what you pray for. The best prayer is the one where you place your complete trust in the Almighty to do what's best for you. May you maintain your faith in heaven both on those occasions when he gives you what you ask for and on those occasions when he appears unresponsive, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Dafyomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Dafyomi global movement, there's something in the transformative Daf for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Daf with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. 
The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.